What's up, everyone? Orange County was minutes away from a full three points over the weekend against El Paso Locomotive. But as we've witnessed pretty much the entire season, they drop points in the closing minutes while in the lead. And we're going to talk about that plus a little bit more uh, on tonight's episode. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am going to be taking you through this journey uh, this week as we discuss Orange County Soccer Club's struggles this season uh, with maintaining and holding on to points late in matches. Uh, before we get into that discussion, though, let's uh, welcome you to everyone that is part of this podcast. First, we're going to go to the man from Caroline Coalition, the infamous Dylan Allen from Caroline Coalition. Dylan, how are we doing, my man? Uh, we're doing well, but is that too on the nose? I mean, I don't want to get us into any more trouble. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm well. I'm happy to be here. Happy Tuesday or whatever time you happen to be listening to this if you're not watching live. And I hope you like staring at my face for those of you watching the stream because this is just great. Smore yeah, out. I, 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 just, I just had to mess with you a little bit there, Dylan. Uh, we also got down south in uh, San Diego, the man who runs the world of usl podcasting that is alan underwood alan how we doing my man oh good runs the world that's great um no things are going all right uh what's up andy um and um i was very entertained on friday night i thought it was a good match and i can't wait to talk about the good things and uh maybe some of the not so good things but i think uh the future is looking up for orange county and I uh, can't wait to uh, break some of this stuff down. Definitely. And we will do that. But last but not least, we got to bring on the newest member of our team who's been here since the beginning of the season. He's been a guest in the past as well. He's a man that knows how to count the cards. So if you're going to go up to his neck of the woods, bring him along, you'll win big bucks. That is Brad in Reno. Brad, how you doing, my man? We may win big bucks, but we'll definitely spend the night somewhere that you won't want to spend the night. I'm good. That sounds a little scary there. Say hi, Dylan's hand, by the way, as we bring him on the screen. Oh, man. Uh, for those that aren't watching the video portion of this, they're going to not know what we're cracking up about here. Um, but how are we all feeling, uh, gentlemen, after another match of drop points? We're going to get into the details of that, but I just want to get your quick thoughts on that. I'll go to you first, Dylan. Uh, you know, Orange County up 2-1 in, I believe, the 89th minute. Concede a goal to drop at least two of the points they could have had a full three points. Now they walk away with only one point we talked about in the past two about we'd rather see them on the road. I don't know. Maybe they would have had a better outcome if this was in El Paso. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on that? I, I know I just said a whole bunch and I said, quick thoughts, go for it. 
No, uh, no, we don't want this match to be in El Paso because I don't think El Paso has lost at home in over two years at this point. So this game is not even a 2-2 draw in El Paso. It's probably like a 4-0 loss. Um, but can you say that that performance was any different than what we saw two and a half, three weeks ago? No. Stepping way too deep within our own box and, and giving up a goal from 18 yards out, um, giving all the time and space to an attacker for that, and then conceding late on. <laughs> Nothing's changed, yeah. maybe. So then it's, I, it's I take it you're not going to agree with uh, Alan that the future's looking up um, when he says that comment, or do you agree with what he's trying to say there? Well, I don't think it's that simple to say it's a yes or no. I think, yeah, this was a better performance because it was against El Paso, but at the same time, we threw away points at the very end. So six and one. Your quick thoughts and, and uh, your thoughts on what Dylan had to say, Alan. Um, I don't necessarily think the future is looking bright because I think the future is looking bright because Thomas Innovoltzen is back. Uh, Seth Kasipli is coming back. Ugo Coley scored, which means if he can get going, um, Dylan apparently doesn't like his beverage. Uh, if Ugo Coley can get going, <laughs> I think, I think there's elements, there's elements of this. What you miss out on if you're not watching our video stream of this, uh, I tell you, if you, the if you get a chance, come check it back out like the. The, the five minute and 45 second portion of our live stream, watch it on YouTube, watch it on our Facebook chat page, watch it on our Twitter page. <laughs> Continue, Alan, if you can remember where you left off. I just think there's, there's guys coming back that are going to make a positive, that are, are going to be able to change a, a game that you've kind of. So I don't necessarily think the future is looking bright just because of this game and, and or a coaching change. But I think. Uh, so getting some of these guys back down the stretch is going to be huge for an Orange County team that's been kind of struggling. Perfect. And I'm going to go to you, Brad, to to give your thoughts on just sort of where Orange County is. But first, we got to play a quick game because this just happened out of so, nowhere. Our game's going to be Guess Dylan's Drink. Um, and I'll go to you first, Brad. And then we'll let Dylan share what the drink was that he was drinking. What do you think his drink was uh, that he made that face to, Brad? You know, I think the uh, odds-on favorite would be uh, Cameron's favorite drink, uh, Yerba Mate. Uh, however, with that said, what's that uh, kombucha stuff? Uh, Dylan's probably kombucha. drinking like a hard kombucha. Um, you could really tell Brad doesn't live in Orange it. County. <laughs> uh, okay, so Brad says kombucha, I guess, is what his picks can be. Alan, what is your guess? Was what my instinct was going to be, some type of like hipstery like kombucha e type of fermented fermented goodness i don't know that would be my guess too oh, was it good that's when you know it's a mainstream drink instead um here's my guess my guess is diet right and pickle juice who was right uh, dylan right that's or who the was the closest egreg- that's the most egregious of the three no this was an amber ale from yep Heat something Wave. something like normal to drink yeah from oh, it's don't say what it is because now we don't have any chance of getting them to sponsor us, Dylan. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think I want that. From La Quinta Brewing Company, out uh, they're dependent. They're apparently independent. Um, but part of the hotel chain. This one a go- this was a gold medalist in 2017 for the best of craft beer. Um, See, that's why you got to be drinking what I'm drinking, Guavana Unana. That's what you got to be drinking right now. 
Um, let's get back to this Orange County soccer stuff because I don't think people are listening to us to guess Dylan's drink. Um, let's get into this match. Let's talk about it. The, the first thing I want to ask really quick, and this is the big question, is how the heck was an El Paso player at the top of the box with the ball for what seems to be like 10 seconds giving him time to shoot? What happened there? I'm going to go to you first, Brad, since you haven't got to speak about this match yet. What what happened in that moment? How does that happen? I mean, it's kind of that park the bus thing that we keep talking about that the team seems to be comfortable up a goal late in the game and someone just kind of loses a player at the top of the box. You know, it's just not playing the full 90 minutes that we need to be worried and cautious about. With that said, I thought the Orange County team, especially the second half of this game, had a really good half and was actually very promising with a couple of goals that game from uh, Okoli and uh, uh, Damas. Let me go to you, Dylan, because uh, you had mentioned, or I think it was you, Dylan, or maybe it was Alan. I can't, I can't remember. You two look so familiar or so alike. Um, Dylan, what is it like to see uh, uh, Ugo get a goal into the back of the net, get the ball into the back of the net? Uh, and is this the beginning of a, of a run for him, or is this sort of an outlier that we're going to, uh, look back on and say, what happened? Why didn't this keep going? Um, I'm going to say it's less about him putting a ball in the back of the net and more about what he does after he puts the ball in the back of the net, which is for the first time in history runs around the goal to celebrate kind of with, but in front of the County line coalition like that felt really can I, good. Can I correct like, you? And really it was to in? us. Cause I know Harry Forster did a little, little, Ronaldo-esque Sue kind of thing or fist pump or whatever, but that like not nah, Ugo was looking at us. Can I do a quick correction though for us. you, Dylan? Sure, you said this ahead. like for the first time in, in forever, but I, I do recall very recently an opponent did that. Um, so it's not the first time in forever that, that, that someone went and celebrated with, with a uh, line coalition. Yes. Let's, let's talk about that match. Um, no, I think, I think this is a different Ugo Okoli from the one that we saw at the beginning of last season or even at all in last season. He seems like he's really happy to be here, um, which is which is good, obviously. But he seems like he's loving playing in front of the fans. Uh, and, I mean, he worked so hard. He was our primary output. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the directions were clear. It was find Ugo if you're not, if your name is not Ronaldo, um, find Ugo. And let, or Brian, and then let run off of him, and, and create something from there. And he did that really well. He was tracking back and defending really well. Uh, he had a, a really great, great night. Um, and you know, I hope a lot more of it is to come. So, for those watching the live stream with us, uh, we are watching the the highlights of this match, and we saw Orange County had an opportunity to go up three one. Uh, late in the match, and uh, un- were unlucky to see the ball hit off the look like the corner of the uh, crossbar in the post. Uh, Alan, uh, if if that goal goes into the back of the net somehow, is this is this match over, or is it you know Orange County still struggles to hold on to points? Are we still worried at that point? I think at that point, up two goals, you have to feel really good about securing the three points. Um, I think that was a, a pretty big moment for Orange County. Um, I think offensively, I, I thought they played better than El Paso for most of the night. I think um, they put El Paso under a lot of pressure. I think um, 
Ugo Akoli, who likes fireworks, by the way, found that out on Friday night when I went to interview him. And he was like, I was like, do you want to wait for the fireworks to go? He's like, yeah, low key. I kind of want to watch them. So he enjoys fireworks uh, and he enjoys fireworks in the game and after the game. I think I do think Dylan, I think I, I agree that he feels like he fits in this the system. I think he feels comfortable here. Uh, offensively, I kept telling Chad, even when Orange County was down 1-0, it's like, Orange County's still in this match because you have Ronaldo. Like, that guy is, all you need is one moment of brilliance, and the, the score is tied. You've seen this multiple times with him. He is a absolutely special player. So if you're within striking distance of a team, uh, a goal, you know you're going to get something special out of Ronaldo, and he, he can... He can get you points in the playoffs. He can get you back into a game where maybe you're down one, you get him scoring, and and you're fighting maybe on the road for for PKs, and he's going to be the guy to get you there. Or you're tied, and he's going to be the guy to get you over the line. Uh, defensively, I mean, the first goal it was just like it was just poor positioning around the box. I think McCabe got pulled out of position trying to defend the cross. The cross made it over, and uh, Roscoe just didn't step up. He just kind of laid uh, hung back. McCabe was just a step too late. And those, that's the difference in, in the sport where positioning matters a huge deal. And I think with the second goal, the same thing. I think it was just slightly out of position. Uh, you, you pull defenders slightly out. Maybe um, Al, Alston slips, I think, is, is what someone said as well. And, the, you know, just those little hiccups and a team like El Paso can make you pay. A, a good save It's just an unfortunate bounce right to an El Paso player. And we've talked about this before with the beautiful game. Sometimes you get those bounces in the box like you did against San Diego, and sometimes you don't against a team like El Paso. And really, that's, that was the difference. It's just a, 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 a ball bouncing you know, six inches too far one way, and a guy just gets a head on it, and it, you drop points at home. Uh, but yeah, Orange County, I thought, should feel good about this game. I thought they played overall a good, a good match. And uh, I almost said close. The, the wrong coach's name. Um, <laughs> coach Chaplo said, look, a couple little miss spots here and there and things that we can fix, but we played El Paso off the park, and I don't think that's entirely, that's entirely inaccurate. I think he nails it. They played El Paso off the park, but ultimately 2-2. Two, two. So let me go to you, Brad, because we mentioned, or you mentioned before we went live, that there's a, a player on Orange County that's sort of making you eat your words. Um, and, and shows in this match, uh, that's Eric Calvillo, uh, Calvillo. Am I saying it right? I'm, I'm probably butchering that. I butcher everything. Um, but let me ask you this. like, What are your thoughts when you see the way he controlled that ball? I believe it was Ronaldo that gave him that pass uh, a little bit behind him, but somehow some way he uses some fancy footwork, gets that ball under control, dribbles down, and then repays uh, Ronaldo with a nice cross to set up that first goal. How impressed were you by that? And is did did you see anything like that when you watched him up there in in Reno? No, I I was definitely impressed with him during that moment, mostly because I haven't seen that in the past, and I've been wondering, you know, because the earthquakes have always been high on him. Uh, he's one of their uh, homegrown talents, I believe. Someone that they've uh, someone that they've kind of brought up and kept around for a long time. And I've never seen anything out of him that I've been truly surprised or amazed with. And this season, I think he's been a very consistent player for Orange County in ways that he's never been for Reno when he was on loan up here. Um, And during that game, I thought 
if that one goal went in off the free kick that hit the post, because that was his free kick, we'd be talking him MVP over uh, a Coley. And I think he had a very good game this whole season. He's been, he's been silently one of the better uh, midfielders Orange County has fielded. Yeah. Um, has to be disappointing that, that, that free kick from just outside of the box doesn't go in late in the match. Cause again, that sets up a whole different outcome for the ending there. You're not uh, only up one and sort of trying to just avoid the mistake, which it seems that that's what orange County is. I, I think Alan's the one that, that brought this up that it's sort of orange County or maybe Brandon. I can't remember who did you all look alike. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, orange County goes up and for some reason they like to sit back and they like to, just sort of protect and not keep the pressure going. I think the thing that's difficult about this club, and it's been like this now for a few seasons, right? Is they put the pressure on early and they potentially get a lead or, or whatever. And then they, they let off the gas. And I feel like if they would just keep that pressure going a little bit longer, they'd get bigger leads. And then we're not talking about them dropping points late in a match. Cause if you're up two or three, you're not worried about dropping points. Now I know there's always the chance that the opposite happens is you keep that pressure on, you make a mistake and the other team scores. But I said this in the past with, with coach Brayden Cloutier, uh, with sticking to a game plan that obviously hadn't been working. You, I, I know you all know my argument for Aiden Quinn, uh, last season that, that he needed to be played farther up the pitch because we were struggling to score goals and we need that creativity up there. And I, I was very harsh on that. I'm saying we need, we need to move him up there. We need to make that change. Well, this is another change that I'm looking at now that I'm seeing repeatedly happening happening is we're conceding those goals because we're sort of sitting back and trying to absorb that pressure from the other team and just hope. So going for that bend, don't break um, sort of performance there. And it, it's just not working out. Is am I being a little bit harsh on that when I when I look at it that way, or am I on the right track, Dylan? It's a it's a mid season coaching change, so you can't change the system um, unless you expect something to. It, then it does break. Basically, these players but, are bought in to do a specific but you're saying job. Change so. the system. You're, you're saying you can't change the system, but it's not like we're saying change something completely. It's just saying don't take your foot off the gas so early. Keep that pressure on a little bit longer. You're not having to go with a whole new game plan. You just stick with the game plan that you started with that got you that, you know, that two-goal lead and go with it a little bit longer instead of sitting back and dropping back a little bit more. It's not changing a system, Dylan. It's just it's keeping just that original game plan going a little bit longer or what got oh, yeah. you that lead going a little bit longer. I'm not sure that works when you only, you know, three weeks ago we had three fit, four fit defenders, five fit defenders, something like that. We were playing a center back as a left back. And and I think ultimately as bodies, especially here in Southern California, where you, that, that field is like playing on cement. It's like playing on t- carpet on top of cement. Your body will not survive that over the course of a 30 game season or a 35 game season not with the travel that they have to do elsewhere. So I don't think it's physically possible for a squad of 25 to, to play that way. I think so you're you have saying, to play on a so smaller field. you can't just run the players. You can't run the players on high press every 90 minutes of every match. No, not unless they're not with the short season, not with the short rest that they have, not with the travel that they have. If it's a little group where they're traveling to LA and San Diego, all right, sure. You can probably run them a little bit harder in that sense. If they're playing once a week, then yeah, absolutely. But 
there's a lot of minutes on a lot of those legs. Like Brian Olowski plays nearly every minute of every game. And it's a, it's a high intensity role for him. If you ask him to work any harder, he's going to break. And we've seen countless other players make it to a point where they break. Thomas Yule Nielsen was probably the first one to break where he did his meniscus in pretty early in the season and continued to play on it because he was asked to. Um, like other ones, Michael Seaton hurt his ankle in 2018, took an injection, continued to play on it there. Um, it's a, it's a common thing. I mean, Thomas, you know, Voldson had it happen to him earlier this season. Uh, Seth Kasipoli, that could be another thing where, you know, you just get unlucky. I mean, Christian Duke is probably the most unlucky one to ever happen. It You can't work guys that hard and not expect their bodies to fall apart. And we had a hard enough time three weeks ago fielding a full team. I mean, we, we put six, subs out most of the time if you run them any harder you're gonna have like three subs it's gonna be the academy team out there and then you're then you're ruining the careers of a bunch of 16 year old kids let me um jump to another question to you alan but you can chime in on this one as well but i want to throw in another question that i'm reading on social media a lot of fans of orange county they are now it seems to be getting to the point where they're frustrated or over the Tommy McCabe experience with Orange County. They've uh, I, I've read on social media blogs that uh, fans are getting frustrated with his performance that he just looks like he's lost out on the pitch, but yet Orange County continues to put him out there. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of people were under the impression he was here on a loan, so maybe there was some sort of minutes requirement or something like that. But from what we know, he's here. He was signed. He's on a contract with Orange County, so there's none of that. So. A, do you see that same type of uh, disappointing play from Tommy McCabe? And B, if that's the case, uh, what's the case that can be made for him still getting big minutes with Orange County this season? I mean, I, I think his recent run of form has not been particularly inspiring. Uh, but I think if you go back and watch some of the earlier season matches, um, he, he does quite fine. Like, he's not a... He's not going to be the best player on the pitch. Um, but I think maybe uh, if you run back some of those games where uh, earlier in the season, the month of Ju- uh, sorry, the month of July, that's what seven is, the month of July, I think he's fine in the middle. Um, I-, I think this might be just he's just in a poor run of form right now. Uh, maybe his legs are a little bit tired. Uh, maybe he's being asked to do have more responsibility now uh, in, a, in a newer lineup and a newer approach um, where he maybe was a little bit more protected earlier in like a 4-4-2-ish, 4-2-3-1-ish, and it's looked like more like a 4-3-3 of late. So maybe he just feels a little bit out of sorts and trying to find his legs. Um, I don't think it's time to give up on him yet. I think maybe a a rest um, because he's played a whole bunch. maybe get a chance to uh, have a week off and, and relook at some film and re kind of refocus. I think that there's, there's something there that I think we can rediscover. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's time to give up on him yet. I, he's an easy whipping post right now with the game he had this past Saturday or this past Friday that kind of, I think colors the negativity, but um, you know, maybe go back and watch orange County Sacramento on the 24th. Uh, Orange County, Oakland, Orange County, Phoenix. I think you see a slightly better performance from that. Uh, and this is going to happen. You're going to have dips of form. Guys aren't going to be sevens and 7.5 performances all, all season long. Uh, e- even from Friday, like how many shots on goal did El Paso have in the second half? Anyone know? Anyone want to take a guess? 
22. One. Oh, one okay. shot on Sorry, goal was wrong. the entire second half, right? So, like, even this feeling of, like, oh, we gave up this late goal. It's like Orange County defended really well to keep El Paso like, one shot on target. And the shot on target, they beat. They, they, they beat the goalkeeper. They got a goal. They tied it. But like, I, I think before the match, you're like, hey, we're going to hold El Paso to one shot on goal for the entire second half. Everyone's taking that. Right. So I think the result colors the the result colors the the view of the game. Uh, if you take away, the, I'm going to borrow a Landon Donovan phrase. If you take away the result and look at the process and look at the way they played, I, I think people are going to be happy with the way Orange County played, um, both offensively and defensively. Five shots, three shots on target. El Paso was just really efficient. Um, Orange County made some soccer plays. El Paso made some other soccer plays, but really the second half, one shot on, on one shot total, not even just one shot on target, one shot total. I, I think that there's some, there's something there that Orange County has been missing. It's just that now they have to tighten up those few small mistakes versus some bigger mistakes from earlier in the season. All right. And it seems like Alan's trying to turn this into a San Diego podcast here by quoting Landon Donovan. Uh, let me go to you, Brad. I'm going to give you free reign. Speak with, yeah, uh, say no, whatever gonna, you want to say about gonna, this match. I'm going to agree with Alan on the uh, Tommy McCabe thing. You know, he's one of the few players for Orange County who's been on the field pretty much almost every game. I don't remember a time where he had a break. Um, he's been there. He's been doing it all. He's had a couple really good games like that Phoenix game. You know, you go to Phoenix and you get a result on the road and you're in the game for most of it, you know? Yeah, we let in a lot of late goals. Yeah, he seems to be the one who's kind of been the 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 scapegoat and all of that. Um, however, he's played a lot of minutes and who were, who were you going to replace him with a month ago? Who was healthy? You know, not very many people were healthy a month ago. So now that we start, now that we're starting to have some players, some Seth Kasipolis get back from injury, you know, hopefully it gives players like Tommy McCabe a, a chance to grab a break, to relax a little bit, you know, rest those tired legs and uh, regain some confidence and some good form again. But, you know, he's had a, he's had a tough little time. Got to just, Got to just let him uh, have a little bit of a break. Maybe uh, the club can give Alan some cleats, give him a trial contract, and he can go out there and, and take his uh, attempts at giving Tommy McCabe a break in the midfield. I think Alan would do great. I could picture it right there. He'd bring it. He, he'd wear his drum while he's out there and just start banging it around and maybe confuse the players and and maybe take someone out with that with a drumstick. But um, that would be good there. Uh, you know, in all honesty, yeah, I, I agree with what y'all are saying is, you know, maybe, and maybe part of it is just Tommy's not being put in a position to s succeed because uh, he's being asked to do a little bit more than what he's used to doing. Uh, you know, we, we look at some of these players, especially players that have been in the MLS. We expect a lot out of them because they have that background. They have that pedigree. You know, they were good enough to be on, on an MLS roster. So they should be amazing when they come to the USL. Little do we know, the USL is a very quality league. It's not like we; uh, it's a bunch of has-beens and it's a bunch of uh, amateurs playing. There's some really quality players. There. So just because you've played in, in MLS, just because you've even had some success in MLS, doesn't mean you're going to come straight to the USL and just run the table and, and just score goals at will uh, in this league. So 
I think part of part of the issues that people are having with Tommy McKay maybe is the expectations were a little bit higher than what they should have been because he has that MLS background. And part of it too is he's just playing a dang bunch of minutes uh, and he's probably being asked to do some things that he's that are not the best for him to be trying to do on the pitch. I don't know. Maybe. Dylan, any last thought before we move on? Because I want to get into a preview of this upcoming match as well. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the the issues we're seeing this season are basically down to us playing way too much, way too frequently. And every team has to do that. But I think waiting to start until May to try and get as many home games with fans as possible is now really, really starting to bite us. You have to factor into account some injuries and some fatigue, but at the point, like we're playing guys every week as often as possible because that's the only option that we have at this point. I think Tommy McCabe is one of those. I think like Kobe Henry three weeks ago was one of those. Someone has to play there and it should be a center back. And despite bad performance after bad performance after bad performance, you know, I never saw anyone complaining about it on Twitter uh, or any other social medias. But he had to play. Like someone has to play there. It's not going to be one of us because I think we all drink far too much beer to be able to run around for an hour. I think Alan could do it. I really think he could. I think Alan's too nice to be a true six. Alan would have like, picked the <laughs> ball up and given it back to the ball boy instead of throwing it at the ball boy. Oh, more on that later for sure. <laughs> we will definitely talk about that. Yes. Uh, anyone out of the loop does not know what happened. We will talk about what Brad's referencing there. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about this upcoming match. Uh, it's nice because we're in a period here where we at least are just playing one match a week for a couple weeks here. And it's a home match. It's going to be uh, probably uh, some extra stuff going on at the stadium because it's uh, a anniversary match of a important event in history in the U.S. Uh, we're talking about the September 11th match against Las Vegas lights at home. It's going to be the 20 year anniversary of what happened on September 11th, 2021. So there'll be probably some stuff tied into that as far as remembrance, uh, remembrance and all that stuff. But we're here to talk about the actual uh, match. that's going to be taking place that day. Las Vegas, Orange County has been struggling against these, lesser teams i'm going to put quotes around that if you can't see it if if you're not watching the video but i'm going to put quotes against lesser teams because it's these are two teams these are teams that people tend to like to make fun of when you talk about the usl and these two teams that really aren't trying to win but lo and behold some of them actually do decently i mean we saw a real monarchs a few seasons ago or two seasons ago i believe come away with the championship and we see tacoma doing really well this season and uh, Orange County just seems to struggle against all of them. We've we've definitely dropped points to LA, to Vegas, to Tacoma. Uh, so it, it's difficult. And this is one of those opponents that the last time we saw them, we we sort of got manhandled by Las Vegas. What are our thoughts in this match? And our, you know, we're down to what like ten matches left in the se- in the regular season or so. I- I'm not counting correctly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I believe matches in the regular season. So we're sort of at a point where now you need to figure out what your uh, final third of the season is going to be and-, and get some wins against the teams you should be winning. And this is one of those teams, right, Dylan? Um, Orange County should be picking up three points against Las Vegas at home on paper. Mm, 
I'm not sure I agree that that's true on paper. I think Las Vegas is a better team on form at the moment. They've had some injuries with some of the younger LAFC products. Um, I know, I believe one of them just tore his ACL, so he's obviously done for about the next 8 to 12 months. Um, but we also remember that former Orange County player and now current LAFC player Danny Chrysostomo has captained that team on a number of occasions this season. So they're not bad. They've proven to be really good once they seem to figure out how they were going to play. Um, and that's been the case. They've given us trouble the times that we've played them. And, you know, a 3-1 victory, I think, uh, encapsulates that well. That being said, they are playing here. They'll be used to playing in hotter weather, but I think that... The travel is going to be nicer for them. The travel will be nicer because it's a 30-mile drive. They practice in the same weather. Exactly, yeah. Um, but they're, they're used to probably playing in uh, in Vegas at this point and, and in Vegas weather. But I think the thing that will do it here is playing on a properly sized pitch. We'll play really well into Orange County's um, plan. Because like I said earlier, it's play the ball to Ugo and have Brian Oloski and Ronald Thomas run in behind. And uh, it's hard to do that on a baseball field. It hasn't worked at all this season uh, in Tacoma or in Vegas. But it does work well, as we saw uh, this week against El Paso. It does work in Orange County. So if we do that, we can do well. Um, if we try and do something weird or try and do something crazy and really shake it up, um, I'm, I'm not so certain. Um, Alan, your thoughts. Uh, is this is this a match that fans should anticipate or expect Orange County to get the full three points when you just look at the teams as they are? Or should we not mention that these are two teams anymore? I mean, are the two teams equal to the rest of the teams in the league as far as they're putting out product trying to win the league title? I, I mean, that's where I look at it, right, is is a lot of the two teams seem to not be caring about the title. They just want to get their players some playing time for the most part. But it seems like Orange County just can't figure these these teams out. I mean, uh, <laughs> Vegas's last win was against Orange County. Uh, that's how long it's been since they last won. Um, they like Dylan said they do have some talent, although uh, Cal Jennings, for example, uh, has been um, kind of up and down. He's been playing with LAFC occasionally. If he's down, he's he's a guy who can who can score a goal. He's a little bit magical. Um, he's been able to put some Vegas on his back and score a goal when they needed it, um, but. Looking at the la- the runner results for them, uh, they let in two against Sacramento, five against San Diego, th- uh, three against Oakland. They let in three against Los Dos, two against Tacoma, and three again against Sacramento. This is the team that you want to – they're down. You want to kick them when they're down. You want to just steamroll them, not let them um, – <laughs> not let them uh, – take a deep breath and try to get their legs underneath them. They are playing a midweek match against Oakland at home. So they're going to probably have some tired legs because while they have some talent, I'm not sure what their depth is like with some injuries being sustained um, in that Sacramento match. They're just kind of in a, in a, a funk again, they kind of discovered themselves and now they're in a terrible funk. So this is your opportunity to, um, to put them out of their misery and basically say you're not making the playoffs. And now you just got to focus on playing your kids for the rest of the season. Uh, I think if orange County gets anything, but three points here, I, I think people can feel disappointed um, even more disappointed than dropping points to El Paso midweek when you're up by a goal. I think losing 
points to Vegas at home at this point with their form uh, is more disappointing than that. So I would say uh, not necessarily like you must win. I, I think that there's this is a team that, that Orange County should be beating uh, handily. Um, and if they're not, then questions should be answered. So let me uh, go to you, Brad. Uh, so we know LAFC or sorry, Las Vegas lights are affiliated with LAFC. They play in Las Vegas, but they train in LA. So really coming to orange County is an easier travel for uh, the team. And also on top of that, you can maybe have some of those fringe players from the LAFC roster that maybe will be on the bench, but won't be getting minutes. I don't know if there's a game the same night. I'm not looking at anything like that, but you're going to have opportunity to give some, uh, some game time because it's less travel. You don't have to pay for it. Anyway, I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, is there an advantage for LAFC only having to travel to Orange County instead of having to go all the way to their home field in Las Vegas? And should that concern Orange County fans? And one last question. Are you sinking? Because I feel like you're 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 sinking oh, lower I've, and lower on the screen here as we're today. as we're going. I've been relaxed today. I've had a lot of scotch. <laughs> um to Tape? answer your original question, no, I don't think you should be concerned about how they travel. It's it's how is our backline going to look against Vegas? Uh, last time we played them, I was in attendance over at uh, Cashman Field, and it was one of those games where, you know, one mistake led to the game kind of being over. That was the game that uh, Nate Smith got injured in. That was the game that uh, Aero Markkinen got injured in. And, and yeah, Andy says a good point. Um, technically... They're affiliated, not a uh, two-team. Essentially, what that means is they have their own players on their roster, but uh, they use a good chunk of uh, LAFC players. Um, But yeah, no, it shouldn't be too concerning to see uh, some of their players come down and uh, the travel. You know, both teams practice in it, but but, uh, Orange County should be good. A uh, quick question for you, Dylan. Any worries about LAFC fans making their trip down to Championship Soccer Stadium and causing a ruckus or trying to be too noisy or or outshine Caroline Coalition? Or can uh, the home fans hold their own and and you know be loud enough to drown out any LAFC fans that make that trip uh, that that trip down to Irvine? Um. I don't. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they really ever have. Beyond the, like the few smatterings where there's like three dudes in LAFC hats for some reason. No, even back in 2017 when the LAFC didn't exist and we were a little LAFC junior with our not great squad. Um, and you we talking about when on... uh, when uh, LAFC was loaning players to our biggest rival at the time for the championship? No, no, no. That was that was 2018. Oh, okay, okay. That might be. A little bit on us for having so many center backs at that time. Oh, how the turntables three years later. But um, I think 2017, we had a little open cup run, and LAFC fans would come not to cheer Orange County on, but when we'd play, let's say, the Galaxy, and they would go just to start stuff for fun because that's what they do. Um, they still couldn't out sing us then. So uh, this is an invitation for them to come and try, but. They can come and try and fail, as far as I'm concerned, because no one's going to outsing us. 
There we go. You heard it from the man from Caroline Coalition himself, Dylan. Uh, let's get into our score predictions here, and then I'll give you guys the last chance to say any last thoughts on this match. Uh, I'm going to go to Dylan first for your score prediction. Dylan, what's your prediction for this match? Orange County score first, then Las Vegas. Oh, I thought you meant Orange County will score first. I, was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Orange County. Don't we want Vegas to score first so then we can come back? Because it seems like that's a better shot of us winning. But you said 2-1 Orange County. Yeah, uh, let's go know. to I'll, – I'll, I'll do mine next. I'm going to go 5-0 Vegas just because I feel like we need some some – Good luck here in this match. So I'm going to just go with my fun thing that Dylan loves. I know Dylan loves it. Let's go to Brad. Uh, last time I predicted uh, it was a 3-1 uh, victory for Orange County and the opposite happened. So I'm going to stick to my guns and hope the opposite doesn't happen again. Uh, I I'm thought not, you were I'm gonna... not pulling a Ray. Uh, uh, 3-1 Orange you were going to do it. It would have been more luck for the team. So you're going 3-1. Orange County. Uh, Alan, your prediction. Jamie, Come on. Scuba Come... Steve. I was gonna put my side, Alan, and, and bring in the luck. Las Vegas been kept to a clean sheet just twice this season. I think you just froze. I just froze. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, Las Vegas that, has been that San Diego uh, internet. Yep, uh, they have have been shut out twice only this season. So I was gonna go also three to one, uh, or Orange I mean, County. You can, you can still go three to one. I know, but I have to like catch up. I'm gonna go four one. Ooh, going for the big score there. You notice I'm not even worried about now me catching up to anyone because I'm so far behind. So I'm just going for the luck now. I want to bring luck to Orange County and hopefully my prediction of a 5-0 loss to Vegas will will turn the table there. Uh, let's get, let's, let's get, do you guys, anyone else have a uh, last thought about this match before we move on to some other soccer stuff? If we lose 5-0 to Las Vegas, Haircut. I think that that Mr. Ray Samora right here above me should be the new manager of Orange County Soccer Club. On a oh, let's basis. do it. Hey, you know what? I'm coming off a He'll championship year with my with my U10 team, so I think I'm ready for it. Yeah, he's going to run those players so hard. Hasn't Ray been fired from the head coaching position of Orange County Soccer Club in a uh, football manager scenario? I have. I have choice? because – Yes, no, I have. It was like – Five games into my managerial career, I asked for more money. They said no, and I leaked it to the press. And that? the GM fired me on the spot because oh, of that. that is so, so funny. So, yeah. So I uh, I don't do that anymore. And anytime I restart a game, I do not uh, leak to the press that I was denied extra funds to sign players. Because I wanted to go sign like Harry Kane to Orange County, but I couldn't get the funds for it. So, um, <laughs> let's. Uh, but no, no, no. I, I you know, hey. I, I'm I, I was a bad coach for the longest time. We lose almost every match, but we, we're winning now. So but I can't I can't leave this season. I have a big good team this season. I'm committed this season, but I'll I'll join Orange County next season if need be. Let's um talk about some other soccer stuff. Uh let's talk about what Brad sort of brought up here, the incident that happened. I can't I don't know if it was in uh, New Mexico, or it was in New Mexico. So for those not familiar with it, I wish I had the highlight running, but uh, ball boy has the ball is not rushing to get the ball to the Colorado Springs player. Apparently uh, the Colorado Springs player is upset, finally gets the ball and tosses it back at the ball boy uh, and gets a red card, I believe. And now uh, the league comes out with, I, th- I believe a two game suspension on, on top of that. One game on top, you know, two total. Oh, okay. Two total, whatever. Um, what are our thoughts on this? I mean, 
I get it. I, I get why a player is going to be frustrated in that situation, but isn't that sort of what uh, unofficially teams tell their ball boys? Hey, get the ball to your team quick, but take your time to the opponent. I mean, don't hold on to it, but you know, don't run and get it to them. I, I'm not saying that that's legal or anything like that, but isn't that what happens in any football stadium? I'm going to go Dylan because Dylan's cracking up right now. I don't know if it's about this or about something else, but go for it. No, it's absolutely about it's about this, it's about the chats going on in the background. I I think, but no, it's it's absolutely all about this. I thought this was the funniest thing to happen in the USL this weekend, if not this entire season. Um, yeah, oftentimes you make your academy kids be the ball boys, um, or your youth team players be the ball boys for your matches, knowing that they know how a soccer game works, and uh, they don't have any sort of you know issues being a part of the match in the sense of time wasting a little bit. Um, this was so funny to me. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. It just had to be New Mexico too, didn't it? Like name another club that this was going to happen with. And they were the team just, that like, perfect, that were ahead and could afford the time waste. Um, but with, with kids being ball boys, when I was in Oakland, or really Livermore, because it was in Livermore. Um, the opposite was true. It was actually a bunch of uh, adults that had no idea how the game of soccer worked. And it was actually kind of funny watching adults be ball boys. And uh, they were like the little security people you hire for your events. And watching them being like, uh, do I give the ball to a player yet? What I think actually happened was the kid was telling the, the player that he was uh, starting on his uh, school's dodgeball game, team, and he was just helping him practice. Um, and unfortunately forgot. Well then, well, then why did the player yeah. pull out a wrench and throw it at him, you know? Yeah, this kid could not dodge, dodge a wrench. Ball. He could not dodge traffic. If you made that kid beeline across six lanes of traffic, he's going to get hit. Now yeah, we know so, what, kind of, what, what kind of dodgeball teams Allen has been coaching out there in his middle school. Because um, yeah, the kid did not was not well prepared. Um, clearly, clearly, the player uh, just pointed out to the rest of the kids' dodgeball team that he should be uh, on the bench. Uh, but no, in, in in all fairness, like we talked about this last year with a, a certain incident with a certain Phoenix player and a certain Orange County coach. Like I get that things run hot on a on a on a pitch, but there's just certain things that you can't do, and you know. You shouldn't have to explain. Don't chuck balls at ball boys. Um, <laughs> it's usually frowned upon in most leagues. Alan, um, I got. I got to ask you this. On top of that, yep. Could it, it, is this something that your middle schoolers would be able to comprehend? Do not chuck the ball at a ball boy. You you would you would think so. <laughs> although there was one time where a kid passed a pencil to the back of the room without getting up and the principal's in the room. So uh, there was that. Um, I, it should be something that they can comprehend that, you know, if you talk to them ahead of time, like guys, there's a few rules. Uh, don't use your hands. Um, don't, don't chuck a ball at us. No, no studs up into the shins. Um, you know, don't throw balls at the ball boy. I think those are all things that are kind of covered as things that you probably shouldn't do. Um, I just, I just love so, this kid had perfect form on the time wasting. He kind of just picked up a ball, turned around, rolled the other ball, held onto the ball he picked up, 
And then, oh, you want this one? Let me just slowly toss it to you. It was the exact opposite of corner taking quickly. This was like corner taking agonizingly slowly is how this corner would be uh, announced from a Premier League play-by-play. But I, I, again, it's it's one of those things, right? It's sort of the unwritten rule if you're a ball boy is you help your home team and you you don't like maliciously do something to the opposing team, but you, you just, I mean, you get the ball to them. You just might not rush to do it. Uh, you know, no, it's I mean, like- yeah, it's like the uh, the Ugo Coley from a couple weeks ago, like slowly clapping to the fans as he walks off the pitch. Like people do that all the time. Or like, oh, I'm I'm just taking out my shin guards. Hold on, I'm just I got subbed out, but I'm just taking off my shin guards. Or I know I'm being subbed out and I wasn't cramping, but right now my shin. Like, yes, there is that gamesmanship. And what the player should have done is pointed out that the ball boy was wasting time. And then the official could have put some extra time on at the end. But yeah. this just makes you look like a jerk. And uh, unfortunately, I'm sure the player is incredibly embarrassed. And like I, he, the, the two-game suspension is punishment enough. The national embarrassment of him, that replay happening over and over again, is surely, pub, uh, is surely punishment enough. I will guarantee that he would probably never do it again. Uh, and if he has to do it again, he's probably throwing the ball at a coach or something but yeah pretty pretty embarrassing but only after you, he you left out you you left out an important person when you get went through some of that list there alan and that's miko in uh phoenix cramping up like a couple times and then when he's about to come out actually cramped up i spoke to him the next week and, and it was you know he was it was the game and ship the first couple times and then when he actually came out of the match that was an actual cramp that he got and it was like you know hey you know, that's what I get for for sort of slowing things down a little bit earlier in the match or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, that was that was very interesting. It's one of those things, uh, again, it, it shouldn't have to be told to anyone. You should just know, hey, don't throw a soccer ball at a kid. Um, I mean, don't throw it at anyone to begin with, but don't throw it at – if you're a grown man playing a sport professionally, making money, you don't throw a ball at a kid regardless of what they do. Um, you just have to have that restraint there. Um, you also don't go and like shove a head coach like Dylan was bringing up from uh, last season. What no, no, Alan did. You guys yeah. all look the same, so that's that's why. This is true. You got the same I'm, hair. You got the same facial hair. All that stuff. Have we considered that <laughs> this was not a kid that was seriously harmed? It's not like someone kicked him in the chest. This was not an Eden Hazard, so he wasn't hurt. Have we considered he how do, he funny should, this is? He should now have some yeah, injury, and he should he's sue the player. Like. <sighs> A player threw a ball at a kid because he was pissed. That's that's almost as funny as a player shoving a coach because he's pissed. So now we know. Don't let Dylan There's play professional soccer with your kid nearby because he will chuck the ball at your kid's face. You are um, implying that I would make it far enough into a game to have to time waste as if I wouldn't get sent off for two-footing someone for daring to look me the wrong way in the 30th minute. Hey, at least you'd make it 30 minutes. <laughs> Note to self, don't play pickup with, with Dylan. Alan, Alan would cramp up in the third minute. Cramp, yeah, when I'm warming up on the sideline because I know I'm not getting in. So I was like, can I be the sixth sub? Can I be the sixth sub? Like, I'm only going in for like a couple minutes when someone gets a concussion and that's it. Like, I'm tapped out. I just want to wear the cool vest. Like, I'm and like, on the bright side, sideways, Alan has the best uh, orange sideways. Slices. You know, be the and guy who gets yells at the ref. Out. Andy listening to us on the live stream is pointing out that the ball boy was like 16 and like as tall as the players. So maybe 
but still, in the eyes of the law, it's still a minor, right? I mean, you're you're inflicting violence How on do- a minor. Hey, Alan, if you were at yep. that stadium, would you have to? Would you be mandated to report that a child was abused by an adult? I mean, maybe. I, I maybe I would. <laughs> I would. That'd be a lot of paper. Now, would you do it? Let me ask you. Would you actually do your mandated duty? I was. I was licking the drum. There was like a lug that was loose, and I totally missed it. I don't know what happened. What happened? But I mean, under like like if this happened in California, and if you're a mandated reporter, is that something that legally you have to report because someone's like inflicting violence or harm against a child, even though he's 16 or 17? Um, I will refer this question to my attorney, and they will get back to you. All right, so we'll wait for this answer. Alan's going to check in with his attorney, so next week we'll remember to ask this question again after he spent $150 for his attorney's advice on this question. Uh, Any other soccer-related stuff anyone wants to bring up before we wrap things up today? All right, I'll take that as a note because there's a bunch of silence there. We'll go to our random thoughts. I'm going to actually kick things off for the random thoughts because I don't want anyone to steal my random thought. Even though I don't think anyone will, I don't want them to do it, so I'm just going to say this. Um, As... Any of you that has watched this episode today, we've seen numerous times throughout the episode an up-close picture of Dylan's hands and his fingers. So we know he's in need, desperate need of a manicure. So if you have any recommendations for Dylan to get a manicure, um, go ahead and let us know on Twitter uh, and share that with us so that we can relay relay that information to him because he desperately needs it. Uh, uh, Dylan, go ahead. Your random thought. I think my random thoughts, I don't need a manicure. Um, <laughs> no, these, these hands work well. These nails are fine. Yeah, yeah good to go here. Um, treat yourself, Dylan. Right. Just treat yourself. Seriously, right? We're trying to find a good place for you to go and get treated with a nice, relaxing manicure. Get your fingers no, did up. No, maybe I, get some paint on them. If I want to be treated, I want a beer recommendation that doesn't. That doesn't suck because <laughs> that doesn't taste like diet right and pickle juice. Man, what a scam! It's gold medal winning, Dylan. Yeah, well, I don't know. This is a, a lame Olympic event. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, uh, Brad, your turn. Uh, I think I'm like fresh out of ideas. Uh, I guess my random thought will be, uh, you know, it's always nice to see family and to have a really good weekend, long weekend with them. But man, the, I guess the hangover of, you know, all that excitement and not having it anymore kind of sucks. You know, I kind of had a day today where, where I had such a good weekend with my family and then they all left and it's like, well, now what? I'm all by myself again. Drink All lots of scotch. Oh, uh, yes. Now we are getting DMCA'd. No, nope, that's why nope. we were singing off pitch. Yep. I was... <laughs> and different different melodies. Yep. 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 Oh, Alan I and I, Alan and I have the same thought there when ability. we're going with that. Man, we, we know what we're doing. Alan, your random thought besides uh, some random singing of uh, a tune yeah. that we're not going to mention. So, my random thought is. Um, our podcasting friend uh, Chris Walker has started a all-inclusive supporters group in New Mexico called Black Diamonds, and currently he is doing a fundraiser. You can pre-order a shirt, or you can pre-order it and then donate it to uh, one of the kids that he is hoping to help connect uh, to the sport of soccer uh, in the New Mexico community. If you go to Black Diamonds NM, so Black Diamonds NM on the social medias. Um, 
you can find the pre-order form. Uh, they are up to 65 and their goal, their 65 shirts sold. Uh, their goal is 150 shirts. Uh, and basically uh, the shirt is um, highlighting a lot of the uh, black players that have played for New Mexico United. So if you're not wanting to necessarily wear that shirt, you can donate it back and still help him. Um, basically he just wants to teach soccer to at-risk youth in the community. Um, and he has started this himself. He's been kind of building it from the ground up. Um, and this is what the soccer community is all about is supporting people who are trying to make a difference in their communities. Uh, so check it out again, black diamonds NM. So as in New Mexico, um, the link is kind of a couple tweets down. Uh, you can order the shirt or you can order it and donate it. They're up to 65 out of 150. So let's help to get them to 150. Perfect. And will he throw in some like free hatch chili with every order? Maybe he's talking about trying to ship me some uh, hatch chilies out here. So if they make their way out, oh, here, dude, if is... he ships you some, tell him that I want in on that. I need some of that stuff over here. Send it, send it my way what too. Am, what am I, a mule now? And also tell him to ship out some of the um, the Bob's Taco Burgers or Burger Tacos or whatever they're called. You're you're only a mule if you put it in a plastic bag, swallow it, and then bring <laughs> it north. Have you ever pooped a balloon? <laughs> um, you don't want to know about Alan's college days. We don't want to hear about that right now. So let's not even get into that story right there. Uh, <laughs> let's Albert wrap things up here because we're the, gonna. We're, uh, OG. <laughs> this is like this is like old school Orange and Black Soccer Cast here, where we start getting to some really, really random, weird after dark stuff. Yeah, we still need to do that, Dylan. We're gonna figure out a way to make that happen. Uh, maybe that can go on to only OnlyFans or something. Um, really quick for Dylan, for Alan, for Brad. <laughs> this is Ray. This has been the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. out. out.